0: I've never read a Kim Stanley Robinson book before. I thought you read
1: Years of Rice and Salt. No. Oh. I don't even know what that is. That's a Kim Stanley Robinson book.
0: Welcome to Did You Do Your Homework, your pop culture podcast connecting academic ideas to popular media. I am your co-host, Martha Sullivan, safely and firmly ensconced in my new house, which is a very weird feeling. (laughs) Uh, And I am here,
1: as always, with my co-host. I'm Pete Romberg, uh, who just had a birthday, so... Uh, It was happy
2: birthday. Thank you.
1: It was uh, entirely non exciting because it's a a birthday on a Wednesday for a non multiple of five year. So (laughs) So I I, I I don't feel like it matters.
0: (laughs) I forgot that moving day was also your birthday. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Also, all birthdays matter.
1: Hashtag all birthdays matter. Um. (laughs) 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 It's not what I meant to do. And (laughs) I
0: apologize for it i am a birthday person i know some people get weird about it but i i enjoy i enjoy a birthday i enjoy my birthday
1: my wife Marin is a big birthday person um and i am a low to medium birthday person like i don't i don't get weird about birthday people obviously but i don't you know i didn't take the day off of work yesterday uh didn't didn't really do anything special uh just got to throw my weight around about like what are we doing for dinner you know that that sort of thing. Sure. Um and and obviously like big big birthdays multiples of 5 that that it's a little different, right?
0: Yeah, I have one of those this year.
1: Yep.
2: But how, anyway. How,
1: how does that feel <laughs> getting increasingly older?
2: <laughs> oh, it's fine. Yeah. I it, <laughs> I don't know. Doesn't doesn't right. bother me yet. <laughs>
0: well friends we are recording this and hopefully releasing it uh before this coming sunday which is my favorite holiday of the year that's not true but my favorite tv (laughs) event of the year the 94th annual academy awards um Over on YouTube, I have been recording a limited series with friend of the podcast, Dan Carlin, where we examine each of the best picture nominees uh, in detail. Um, And uh, Pete and I thought that we would just put a cap on the whole Oscars deal by doing our own uh, analysis and predictions episode. Mm hmm. So we are going to forego the stuck in your head portion of this episode, because frankly, listeners, what has been stuck in my head are the Oscar
1: nominees. (laughs) So So this whole episode is a stuck in Martha's head. (laughs) I mean, pretty much.
0: So at this point, I have now seen all 10 of the Best Picture nominations. Nice. Uh, Where are you at in terms of what you have watched? Give me give me a quick rundown of uh of the Pete side of things. Yeah,
1: so I'll I'll just give a, a quick rundown of the best pictures in general, uh, in alphabetical order, and I'll just flag the ones that I've seen. This it will do double billing as both stating what's out there and telling you what I've seen. Uh, so there's Belfast, the Kenneth Branagh, uh, quasi biopic thing. Have not seen that. Uh, frankly, no interest in seeing that. Ah, uh, there's Coda. I found it. I found it uninspired at best, mm-hmm. and trite and tiresome at worst. Yep, that's that's about what my read on it was, and why I didn't want to want to watch it. Uh, even though Kieran Hines is in it, and I do love him. Uh, next, and we have. I generally... Oh no! No,
0: go ahead. I generally enjoy Kenneth Branagh. Like I think he's an entertaining filmmaker. Mm-hmm this was not.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean hell, heck I was planning on just doing it like we'll do a quick rundown then we can go deeper but that makes no sense. We should just go deeper as we hit each one. Um so yeah, let's let's just keep doing this. Um any other thoughts on Belfast other than uh disappointing and try to Not boring? really.
0: It's so it's the shortest best picture nominee it's like 96 minutes long and easily this is not an exaggeration but easily like 20 to 25 percent of that is musical montages set to van morrison songs which i thought was a very curious Uh, use of their limited space yeah it's 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 very hollow it it takes place in ireland during the beginning of the troubles and manages to shed not a single ounce of insight or like context about this particular historical moment i don't know i did not enjoy
1: it i did not think it was worth my time yeah Uh um, is, is it because it's too yeah. focused on the kids perspective so you don't get the larger world of like the troubles or that's or not of, even that that's
0: the that's the excuse that i've heard uh-huh. um the, the movie that i keep kind of coming back to in comparison is jojo rabbit mm. which i think also like did told that story from a child's point of view but still managed to like contextualize the child's experience in the larger historical event that was happening so i know that there's there is a way that he could have done it where you could have gotten
2: both and i i I think it's kind of lazy ultimately Mm -hmm.
1: fair Uh, Next, we have CODA, which stands for uh, Child of Deaf Adults, a movie about a a child of uh, deaf parents, Uh, a hearing child of deaf parents. Um, I have not seen this one either. I'm tentatively interested in watching it, but it feels like one of those movies that since I haven't seen it by now, uh, I'm just not going to get around to seeing it. Um, Not due to disinterest like Belfast, but simply due to uh, having it float down the popular culture stream and then never, never running back down to, to watch it. Um, clearly you have seen it. What were your thoughts?
0: movie. I actually would encourage you to watch this one because it's one of the few best picture noms that I think you could get Marin to watch with you. Hmm, okay. Um, but yeah, I thought it was, um, a really touching story the family is great um it's it is a movie that hinges on the emotional connections between the characters and it does a really good job with that
2: mm-hmm.
0: um the main the the lead actress is wonderful marley matlin plays her mom i always love seeing that um and we'll get into this a little bit later but I, I troy
2: Kotzer, the actor who plays her father i think is a lock for best supporting actor
1: really okay cool I, I, having not seen this, I had a uh, Cody Smith, Smith McPhee as my uh, best pick, my uh, best supporting actor uh, choice, but, uh, uh, but we'll get into that. Yes, <laughs> <guess> we will. <laughs> uh, next up is the Adam McKay, uh, serious-minded comedy "Don't Look Up" about a uh, asteroid that's going to hit the Earth. Um, I did see this one had a really good opening title sequence uh like i loved the use of the fonts in that opening title sequence um just really fun the fact the fact that that's my praise point should tell you about the rest of the movie uh no like this i don't understand why this movie is getting the praise it's getting it felt to me like an entirely forgettable netflix movie where you watch it and you go eh, that was entertaining enough for two hours and then you instantly forget about it because it's not actually a well-made movie, and the social commentary it's trying to make doesn't actually... The the metaphor the scenario doesn't actually work for the commentary it's trying to make, which is global warming. Um, which, if you're making a movie about global warming,
0: why are you making a movie about an asteroid?
1: Yeah, like, the, the problem is that global warming is a... Uh, uh what, boiling a frog in water, right? It's it's a slow process until all of a sudden the frog is dead. Uh so so it is something that you can ignore. The asteroid is a big rock in space, and then it's one day it won't be there, and the next day it will be there. So the whole idea of like people refusing to look up at the sky is just weird and forced and sweaty. Um That being no, please finish your thought. Um I I thought uh DiCaprio did a good job. Uh I didn't like some of the his character moments, but I thought that he did a good job in that role. Uh Cool.
0: The Academy really loves Adam McKay for reasons I don't understand. I think he has a couple of good like I I enjoyed Moneyball um, I kinda liked The Big Short. I hated Vice more than I've hated almost any other movie in the world. And this movie I thought was fine. Like it's a B plus disaster movie. Yeah. Um, I thought the ending sequence was pretty emotionally impactful. I really enjoyed Jennifer Lawrence. hmm Um I Kate hate- and Meryl Streep are both doing a pretty great job. I liked Tim um, Sham
1: in this. Uh he he understood his oh, assignment. Yes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But in general, like the political commentary, the like the especially the um feelings this movie has about like social media. I was like, I was like, was this movie made by my grandparents? Like. Yeah. the way that it uses memes and like social like internet interaction i was just like this feels like it was made
1: by somebody who's a hundred years old well and the fact that the the media target is like morning talk shows instead of like the entire right-wing media apparatus felt strange yeah it felt a
2: lot of it felt very
0: dated
1: yes like it like it is trying to be modern and insightful and it's clearly coming from like you know some like cry of the heart situation from mckay but then like his he's just missing the targets and the like we said the the underlying metaphor just doesn't really work for global warming it works slightly better for covid which was happening mid-production um but even then uh yeah
2: well and i did also very much enjoy the um jeff bezos
1: stand-in character Mm um uh jeff or uh, mark rylance
0: yes um that was like yeah that that is exactly how this would go yeah um but other than that i i feel like this got nominated because the academy loves adam mckay and because it's a movie that it it gives you permission to feel superior to other people and that rubs me the wrong way, but I can see how, like, the Hollywood crew would uh, take a shine to that, yeah, let's say. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: I, I would also say the online discourse around this movie was exhausting, because you had people lauding it, you had other people thinking it was terrible, and then people saying, you can't think it's terrible, it's about global warming, it's so important, uh, you have to like it. And uh, that's a bad argument. Um, yes this this movie did not deserve a a fraction of the digital ink that was spilled about it on twitter uh because like you said it was a a solid b netflix movie it was fine yep it 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 did not deserve more than a weekend's worth of attention correct (laughs) All right. Next up, we have Drive My Car. Uh, this is one that's getting a lot of nominations all over the place, including Best Director. Uh, so we'll probably talk about it there as well. Um, I have not seen this. I desperately want to, but it being three hours long, I haven't been able to carve the time out for it. Uh, Martha, I know that you have seen this and loved it. Uh, and I think we've I've talked seen about it, it on air. Oh, you have?
0: Yeah, I've seen it twice. It's a perfect movie. Like this is the kind of movie where you look at this movie being in the category and it makes you kind of feel ashamed for the academy that there are that some of these other choices are even in the same conversation.
2: Mhm. Please um, see I think don't look up.
0: <laughs> it's an, it's an artistic
1: it's an artistic achievement. Mm. Like
0: it's it's brilliant
1: yeah i i am really really trying to find the time to uh to watch this one uh but i i know that it being a uh japanese language and B a intense not intense but like a a serious drama emotional movie uh i i need to find three hours where i'm literally doing nothing else and you know and that's that's hard to carve out uh unless i'm going to a movie theater
0: that's what i was Hey, like it that it's an evening like you just you just plan for it to be your evening i don't I don't think it's as hard as
1: I mean okay so it's it's hard because uh it is a a movie that Marin has no interest in watching uh and if I'm watching this on like my laptop or the ipad uh it that's I'm just gonna be distracted, right so like I need to be in i need an evening where she's out with people right like that's See, that's I, what I need
0: <laughs> I think she would enjoy it i i I'm sort of surprised to hear that she is not interested in seeing it. I
1: I guess I, I've broached it to her and she's like, maybe I can be convinced into watching this. I'll need to watch the trailer, but it it would be more of a commitment movie than just a sit down, like, all right, Thursday night, drive my car, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, which is how I I would have no problem consuming it that way. But, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, if if you want to, if you want to bug her about it too, that's, that's cool. (laughs) Um, any other thoughts on it, other than a sublime piece of art?
2: I
0: know. I I feel like I talked about it as my stuck in my head like a couple weeks ago. Um, I just I'm I'm really glad that it got nominated because I don't know that I would have heard about it mm-hmm. otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's on HBO, so you can go see it. Uh, yeah, it's great. I, I really like it. I really like it when unusual picks like this get a lot of attention because it means that I get to see stuff that I probably would not have otherwise. Not because I wouldn't be interested, but just because it would have like skipped my awareness.
1: Right. Knowing that we haven't gotten it to it yet, but obviously, like the power of the dog is sort of the front runner in this category. Do you think Drive My Car is the number two? Do you think we might be looking at a parasite year where, uh, like, a, a foreign language film? sort of upsets the trend and is also the best picture
0: i do not i think that there are two potential upsets in this category and drive my car is not one of them even Mm -hmm. though it would have been my pick sure um yeah i think it's either i think power of the dog is is my front runner and i think that potentially coda or west side story could upset
1: that Mm, interesting
0: all right well yeah been coda's been getting a lot of um auxiliary award wins Mm -hmm. um and yeah we'll get to it when we when we talk about west side story but i (laughs) kind of feel like how does the academy resist a steven
1: spielberg like passion project right right exactly uh, well, going down the list, next up we have, uh, speaking of a- available on HBO, uh, we have Dune, uh, Denis Villeneuve's part one of the Dune book adaptation. Uh, I just rewatched this movie last night, um, because I love it, and it's great. We also talked about it, like, as one of our homeworks for an entire episode. <laughs> so. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so please listen to our episode on Desert Power, where we talk about Dune and Lawrence of Arabia
0: uh yeah my my theory about dune is that it's gotten several award nominees It's it's got several nominations this year i don't think it's going to win anything this year i think that when part two comes out it will pull a return of the king and win like everything
1: you don't think it's going to win even the technicals
0: uh i'd have to go back and look at the other nominees um potentially i would give it best costuming i think that the the costuming in
1: this movie is incredible i i think it deserves to win costuming but i think west side story is going to take that
0: oh see i think cruella is
1: oh well i haven't seen cruella so i can't weigh in on that too well um
0: i haven't either but that's the kind of movie that the like that or a um or like a historical drama
1: cyrano that's that's the other yeah <laughs> Nightmare yeah, and, and Nightmare Alley well. wraps up costume. Right. Uh and it's also up for visual effects where it's up against free guy. Uh two Marvel movies and No Time to Die. I think it's taking that one. I hope I hope it's taking that one. I'm sorry, which one? Uh Visual Effects.
0: Oh yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah. Like that that category is just sort of light. Uh especially knowing how much the Academy doesn't love Marvel movies um okay well uh that's probably enough about dune so let's keep going uh next we have king richard uh the will smith starring biography about uh venus and serena williams's father uh i have not seen this one w- smith has been getting a lot of positive buzz around it uh it's just a movie that i'm kind of not interested in um but i could fully see it being like a good oscar-y biopic film
0: yeah, so this is another one that I've seen twice now. Um, mm-hmm. I liked it. I, I on the second on the second go around, I liked it more. Mm-hmm. I've kind of been warming up to it as
2: um, I've been warming up to it. Mm-hmm. And
1: was there a reason that you I, saw it twice?
0: um because i saw it once to record the episode with dan and then i
1: watched it again with my parents okay it wasn't it wasn't like you saw it once you're like huh i really kind of want to see that again
0: no not really okay yeah um i i liked i liked will smith's performance a lot more on the second time the first time i was just kind of like "Eh." i i tend to prefer smith when he's doing like really over the top, like exaggerated performances. Like my my favorite performances from Will Smith tend to be like Men in Black, Independence Day, stuff that is by design, um, more exaggerated, uh heightened.
1: Yeah, like kind of the over the charisma. top.
0: Exactly. And the first time I watched King Richard, I was sort of like, well, I don't know how interested I am in just seeing Will Smith play a guy. I don't really know how good he is at just playing like a dude. Yeah. Um, what I appreciated more on the second watch is that as far as Richard Williams is concerned, he is Will Smith from independence day. Mm. So like he is just a guy, but he thinks of himself as this larger than life character. And that was what I, I kind of appreciated more the second time around. So yeah, I I do think that Will Smith is probably going to win best actor. I am less annoyed about that now than I was initially because (laughs) My my pick for best actor for a long time was Benedict Cumberbatch in *Power of the Dog*, um, but I I think that this is as good of a role as any for Will Smith to to win an Oscar. I think C- he I think he's earned it.
1: Cumberbatch is still my pick, but Smith is based based on what I've heard of this role and based on what you're saying now, Smith is definitely my number two. wherein I'll be disappointed. <laughs> I guess disappointed is too strong a word. I'll be a little surprised if Smith wins actor, but um. If if he or Denzel win actor, uh, over Cumberbatch, I won't be upset. Um, I'm sure. I haven't
2: seen Macbeth, but
0: I would never be upset (laughs) at Denzel Washington winning an Oscar.
1: Macbeth is great, and Denzel is incredible in it. Uh, Cool. Yeah, Um, I I would be furious if Javier Bardem wins for being the Ricardos, but you know, there we go. Uh, Next up, we have Paul Thomas Anderson's shaggy 1970s Southern California movie, Licorice Pizza, uh, starring an absolutely snubbed Alana Haim and. uh, Some guy. Well, no, I have always been calling him um, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son, but I should probably give you his name, which is Cooper Hoffman, Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Um, You hated this movie and I enjoyed it. I was going to say, speak on this movie, please. Um, I thought it was masterfully crafted in a film making sense. Uh, Hashtag every scene a picture, only instead of picture a dolly shot that is moving with a running actor running either to the left or to the right, because Paul Thomas Anderson loves that scene. Um, I don't know, I thought it was, I, I fell into the... Like, it's a shaggy, loose movie with basically no plot. It's a hangout movie. And I just got on its wavelength um, enough. You're absolutely right that uh, Cooper Hoffman is playing, like, kind of a sociopathic kid, but he's also a teenager. Um, And, you know, teenagers are all quasi-sociopathic to begin with. Um, uh, But it was was kind of a mixture of a... not a fun hangout movie, but like a a captivating hangout movie. I was enthralled by what was happening all the time. Um, Bradley Cooper's scene especially was incredible. Uh, and then the end where we get one of the safties as a um, uh, pol- a politician. Um, I thought was really interesting because it looked like a uh, spoilers for Licorice Pizza. Uh, I thought that Alana Haim was going to grow as like i i thought that the arc would that would be that like she would grow and sort of get out of the orbit of uh you know cooper hoffman and and his friends and then she didn't and it it was a it was a frustrating choice but it was a choice that i fully believed her character would make uh because i think it's about you know to quote the joker they're the two of them are stuck you know sort of stuck in that cycle with each other forever uh and and that's kind of what the movie was about is about how they are spiraling around each other getting closer getting further away but sort of like constantly stuck in that dance uh and and you know she doesn't want to grow up and or can't grow up or whatever it might be and and that's how the movie ends sort of a a a an unresolved ending uh that was frustrating but also you know I I kind of dug it in a way um but but that's all very amorphous and vague um and obviously you have to look past the the age gap difference which I kind of didn't let it bug me too much you can't
0: you can't, you can't though like that is such a such a specific choice that paul thomas anderson makes that i don't think you can say you just have to look past the age gap because it is
1: purposeful i i i absolutely see that the age gap could be a thing that someone could not get past right like i'm not saying you just have to look past it um more so that like either one can look past it and, and get on the way of length of the movie, or it's going to be an impossible hurdle that you can't overcome, and in which case it's going to make the whole movie sour. Um, and, and, yeah, and you fall on the other side of it, which is, like, totally fine.
2: I did not see this as a hangout movie because I hate every single
0: person
1: that's in it. <laughs> like I don't want to uh, hang out with these people for two hours. <laughs> no, I, tr- I
0: truly don't. Like I, what I had trouble with, I had trouble with a lot of things in this movie. Um, I did not understand. Like I, I hear what you're saying about the relationship between Alana and Gary, but I don't understand why she lets herself get sucked into his orbit in the first place. Like there's nothing compelling about him in their opening scene together. Like I, I just did not understand why after like that first scene at the high school, why she even gives him the time of day. Like he's Mm -hmm. not particularly charismatic. He's not particularly interesting. And I, I didn't understand why she makes that first move of meeting him for dinner, like at all. So didn't understand that. I, did not think the movie cared too much to tell me anybody's motivations at any point during it. And so many of these little vignettes that the movie is constructed in don't go anywhere or don't resolve. And if you also have a movie where nobody has a character arc in it, at a certain point, I'm kind of like, what are we doing here? (laughs)
1: Like, what is the point? of th- all of this. I think it was intentional that Alana at least didn't have an arc. She had a spiral. Um I, and like I, I think that the, the sense of like everything is unresolved and we just sort of keep retreading the same beats in the same moments was purposeful and intentional to show that like she at least is caught in this loop. Um but I can I can also fully like I I take all your your criticisms like fully, right? Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Yeah,
0: i I found this to be a very unpleasant movie. I did not enjoy the experience watching it. Um, what, I what, didn't enjoy any of the characters. The one, the one sequence that I I thought was kind of fun was Bradley Cooper. Um, but also, that ends with Gary destroying his car with a tire iron, and I was sort of like, "Well, this child is a psychopath. Like, what, what is happening?" <laughs> right.
1: um, what What did you think of Alana Heim? Um, she there was buzz originally around her getting a best actress nom, uh, that didn't end up happening.
0: No, I thought she was forgettable and unlikable. Like hmm. without passing any kind of judgment on her, because I enjoy the Ham sisters just sort of generally, um, I don't understand why people are so in love with her in this movie because I did not find her to be engaging or like interesting to spend time with.
1: Wow. Okay. I I definitely felt the opposite, but uh, but that's fine. a lot of people did. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people
0: did. I <laughs> I just I had a very negative visceral reaction to so much of this movie. Sure. Um, I thought that the racist sequences that part... with that guy in his in the yes. was like unnecessary and a bizarre choice. And I'll tell you, Pete, Phantom Thread is one of my favorite movies ever made. There will be Blood is a perfect movie. Yeah. I part of why I think I feel so strongly is because I like Paul Thomas Anderson and I look at his other films which are so meticulously constructed. And then I look at this, which is a a mess, and I'm sort of like, how?
2: How did
1: this come with the same
0: filmmaker? Like I don't I don't get it
1: i just don't it it could it could very much be a case of he's doing too uh pulling too much from his own past and his own history into it and that sort of like you know creating a fictional version of his own you know past or his own memories of growing up then and there created a movie that was like too shaggy and loose rather than when he gets to play in a like entirely constructed world uh, but that's me, armchair Possibly. psychoanalyzing. <laughs>
0: I'm I'm happy. I'm happy for the people that enjoyed this movie. It just was
2: not for me. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right. Uh, well, I I know you've been dying. You've been dying to talk about that for like two weeks now. Um, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, next up we have Guillermo del Toro's Nightmare Alley. Um, I still speaking haven't. Yeah, I still haven't gotten around to seeing of movies,
2: this, but yeah speaking
0: of movies that were made for me (laughs) i love this movie (laughs) this movie is so fun it's everything like guillermo del toro is one of my favorite uh might be my might be my favorite currently working directors i think i've talked about this as a stuck in my head also yep um i think he is incredibly visually interesting um I this movie looks great. This is another great great Bradley Cooper performance
2: actually.
1: <laughs>
0: um but yeah, this movie looks great. The performances are great. It's super fun. It's a a carnival story which I love. Um I I also think that it's really interesting that Del Toro managed to make a supernatural movie that doesn't actually
1: have any supernatural elements in it. Mhm um that's that's very del toro though like he's always sort of straddling that line usually has like throws a ghost in but a lot of his I gonna movies say, do without there's the usually, ghost. yeah
0: there's usually actually a ghost um but yeah this one was great i i have no expectation that it will win best picture but i'm glad that it's here um i yeah i really enjoyed it i would watch it again tonight
2: mm.
1: it's
0: exactly my jam
1: (laughs) so it's this movie is strange to me because it came out with almost like it is a stacked cast with like it is the it's a stacked cast directed by a director whose last picture won best picture um and it had no publicity no buzz and i think that if it wasn't nominated for oscars it would have been entirely forgotten already by the popular culture and as it stands it's barely being remembered uh you know, even with the best picture. Yeah.
0: I think this was a pandemic, uh, a pandemic issue. I know that the release got bumped back because of the pandemic Mm -hmm. and then it just sort of got unceremoniously dumped into theaters for a while. um, And also on HBO, but I don't think HBO like went out of its way to publicize that they had it. No,
1: that Warner brothers. Absolutely. I assume if it's on HBO, Warner brothers was in charge of the marketing and they just didn't market this movie
0: yeah um it's weird to me like god bless whoever is putting up the money for del toro to continue to make movies because i don't think his movies make that much money but he clearly only makes the stuff he wants to like he is not he is not a filmmaker that is kowtowing or um compromising to get his movies out there he's just like i'm gonna do what i want to do so God bless whoever is funding him, because I will watch whatever he wants to put out, even if it only may even if I'm the only one in the world who goes to see it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, looks Looks like it was uh, distributed by Searchlight, formerly Fox Searchlight Pictures. Um, so maybe that's why it got just buried, is that Disney doesn't care about Searchlight. Ah, uh, and I, I, yeah. I, I feel like the Del Toro thing is since he is now such a critically acclaimed filmmaker. Studios will give him money because, like, they might be chasing the hardware, right? It's like, oh, Del Toro, he might yeah. bring us an Oscar, even if he doesn't make yeah, money. Yeah, maybe he's the prestige. he'll.
0: Maybe he'll win. Maybe he'll win an award.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Which is also kind of wild, just because of how genre heavy his stuff is. Yeah. Like you, you would not think. I, I remember a lot of people were talking about Shape of Water as being like an Oscar baity movie, and I was like. That that is it's not an Oscar bait. Movie. Movie. <laughs> it's literally a movie where a woman has sex with a
1: fish man. Like yes. this is not. <laughs> it is the opposite of an Oscar bait movie. It is it is yeah. a it is an impeccably made B horror movie. <laughs> and yet, yeah. And
0: yet it was. And yet it did win. So, <laughs> God bless. God God bless Guillermo del Toro. Yep.
1: Yep. <laughs> All right, well next up we have the current frontrunner for best picture, Jane Campion's Power of uh, the Power of the Dog. Um this is Benedict Cumberbatch as a 1920s cowboy, uh his brother, uh played by also also nominated, right? Uh Jessie, Correct. Yeah, Jesse Plemons. Um Jesse Plemons falls in love with also nominated Kirsten Dunst, uh and she joins the farm and eventually her son also nominated cody smith mcphee uh comes and joins them um this was an incredible movie uh it had the best hand filming i've ever seen every scene with like close-ups of hands i was just like this is the best hand i've ever seen on film um hey i don't know uh Everyone is talking about Power of the Dog. I feel like I don't have a lot of new things to add to it, other than it was incredibly good. Uh, And kind of like the piano, a little bit wild that this is like the Oscar frontrunner right now, considering how the last scene sort of inverts a lot of... The whole movie is structured very, very interestingly and strangely. There are shifting power dynamics, um, and the last scene really recolors the entire movie uh, in a different way, um, and in a way that I could see would have turned off Oscar audiences, Oscar audiences, uh, but instead, everyone loves it, man, I'm here for it. I've also been watching a lot of, not a lot, but I've been watching some Campion recently, just watched The Piano for the first time, uh, and it's, it's interesting seeing, like, what, what she's interested in, um, and and how that sort of
2: is playing out here. Yeah, I think this movie's great. Um, I think it makes a lot of really
0: interesting storytelling choices that mm-hmm. I appreciate. Um, this is another one that I've watched now a couple of times uh, just because there were... I don't know, I, I felt like, and this was borne out, that I would get new things or different things on a second watch mm-hmm. and um, particularly with Benedict Cumberbatch's character and I, I think he's, he's really interesting in here because I think it would be very easy to just kind of write him off as like horrible and a psychopath and like I, I think there's a lot going on with him and I mean at the end of the day he is like horrible and a (laughs) psychopath but also like he went to yale and studied the studied classics and
1: does he swear at the cattle um, latin or greek
0: (laughs) (laughs) but i just i think that there's a lot here i think all of the actors are giving really interesting and rich performances if i had one complaint i i wish that kirsten dunst had gotten more to do um i think that she's the, she is somebody who gets a little bit short shrift just because
1: like she's not her characters
0: focus. yeah her character is a little thin um i would have liked maybe a couple more scenes of her sort of spiral into self destruction mm, mm-hmm. um i Jesse Plemons is on screen for a total of, like, six minutes,
1: so... He he is amazingly cast, though. Like, the six minutes that he's on screen, like, he does... He disappears for a large chunk of the movie, and that's very intentional. Um, But when he's on screen, he's so captivating. And I think this was a, like, A-plus casting where they, like, he is in real life married to Kirsten Dunst, and they have such a lived-in natural on-screen chemistry that it sort of like their actual relationship does a lot of the work that the movie doesn't spend time doing of like building their relationship, you know.
0: Really. And I I do enjoy. I don't think it's 100% common for real-life couples to have actual on-screen chemistry. Yeah. Um but I love watching them together.
1: Yeah. And 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 their specific chemistry isn't like smoldering. It's just it's comfortable with each other, right? It's like it's a lived-in sort yeah. of of chemistry.
0: Yes. Um. I think this would make a great double
1: feature with First Cow. Yes. Yes, it would. <laughs> Uh, I also thought, and this is, we might get into this later, or I'll just drop it here. I think it's nonsense that Smith McPhee is up for supporting actor instead of lead actor. Um, obviously, like, Cumberbatch is, like, the top billing. But Smith McPhee is basically a co-lead, especially in the second half of the movie, where the focus sort of shifts, or at least the power dynamics shift from Cumberbatch to McPhee. Um, but, you know, Oscar's gonna Oscar, and that's, you know... If if you're gonna drop one of them in, in supporting, it's gonna be Cody Smith McPhee. So. Alright, well let's go on to the last best picture winner, then, which is Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. Uh mm-hmm. remake of the classic musical, uh, with a uh, screenplay by Tony Kushner and uh music by Leonard Bernstein, lyrics by Steven Sondheim. Um Shot by Janusz Kaminsky, his go-to DP, who did just an absolutely beautiful job. This is a gorgeous film. Uh, it's almost like Spielberg and Kaminsky make good-looking movies together. <laughs> um, uh, just saw this recently. You also have seen it, uh, and I know we were talking earlier that you don't, you weren't excited for it. or You didn't love West Side Story. What was the what was the move there?
0: Well, I've never seen a West Side story before. Mm-hmm. So this was my first experience with it. I didn't love it. Okay. Um I thought it I thought it looked great. Um I thought that the the numbers that featured the women were very fun.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, I didn't love the music, which if you're watching a musical that can that's kind of be it. Yeah, and <laughs> it can
1: be a problem. <laughs> there's there's no way around that one in a musical.
0: Um, And I thought that Ansel Elgort was like a huge, vast, gaping hole of
1: anti-chemistry. Yes, he was definitely a black hole of charisma. Um, That's the word I was looking for. Yeah.
0: Yeah, like even even if you say that this movie was filmed before all of the issues came out about Ansel Elgort, it's kind of like, well, I don't want to watch him and stuff now. Also, I didn't think he was that compelling, and I didn't think that he had any chemistry with uh, Rachel Ziegler. Like who who did I, a I,
1: great I, job, like Rachel Ziegler, absolute standout. Acting yeah, against Ansel Elgort, who was just nothing. Um, yeah, I I've heard that that's a common issue with Tony in West Side Stories is that like the Maria is absolutely like a, a, an amazing actress, and then the Tony is like. A dude, um, so that... like
0: we know we know that good actors exist that can sing. So yes. like, yes, why?
1: Yes, <laughs> it, yes, it is, and like obviously, like you know, he was cast, and this was filmed before all the you know stuff came out about him. But it is weird that you know it it wasn't just this; it was other things that he was in where everyone was like, he's gonna be the next guy, and it's like, I don't know what you're seeing in him because yeah <laughs> you know he was good in baby driver because he was playing something very specific but he did not like he didn't jump out of me as like leading man or you know charisma bomb it from baby driver um yeah
0: i didn't see baby driver so
1: yeah i have no i have no opinion was he in ready player one no that's the other guy um the, <laughs> okay. no uh he, he was in the the mus- the movie that you just watched for uh, Love ya. Ty Sheridan. Ugh. Yeah. Ty. Yes. <laughs> Ty. Ty Sheridan was Ready Player One. Well, um, <laughs> they can both. They can both go away. <laughs> and it, it is it is strange that Spielberg is like who is often so good at casting, um, has now now has two movies where his his male lead is just like a forgettable nothing.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I do think I do think that West Side Story is a solid pick for... If people have cooled on Power of the Dog, I could see it going to West Side Story because it's a remake of a beloved historical musical that's directed by a beloved Hollywood director who got to make a musical for the first time, which he's been wanting to do for years. Mm-hmm. Um, I... I could see, I could see this pulling, um, I could see if people feel that Power of the Dog is more divisive, I could see this pulling it out, um,
1: for Best Picture. On the flip side, because this movie was not a box office success, I think a lot of people are angry at Spielberg for not saving movies, um, which is obviously dumb, but, you know.
2: I truly think
0: any conversation about the box office right now is... Pointless.
1: Well, yes, yes, we, we <laughs> both we both agree on this, but there was a lot of there was a lot of hype before West Side Story came out and there was a lot of like expectations put on it of like this will get people back in theaters for things other than superhero movies. Uh, and then it didn't because the exact sort of people who would go see West Side Story are the exact people who also would have gone to see The Last Duel and are the people who are not going to theaters in droves
2: um well
0: i well i don't necessarily agree with that 100 i think this i think west side story has more widespread appeal than something like the last duel true
1: but a a lot of it would be um it would be families and this came out at around the same time as spider-man so (laughs) the families are going to go there instead and then it would be sort of an older crowd boomers people who are really into musicals uh and that cohort is really not going back to the cinema uh, at least not yeah, yet. Yeah, that's true. So That's true. Yeah. Uh, all right. So well, that, that is our... Yeah, that's, that's the Best Picture rundown.
2: Yeah, let's pivot a bit. Um, let's
0: pivot a bit and look at the directors. So my feeling is always that you can more accurately... You can act more accurately pinpoint the quote-unquote serious Best Picture nominees based on who also got nominated for best director Mm -hmm. generally i think that if a if a movie got a best picture nom but not a best director that it's probably not gonna win which is why i've been a little surprised at how more people are talking about coda potentially pulling a dark horse win on best picture Mm -hmm. but our best directing nominees are kenneth branagh for belfast ryusuke hamaguchi for drive my car paul thomas anderson for licorice pizza Jane Campion for *Power of the Dog* and Steven Spielberg for *West Side Story*. Um, I don't think there's a world in which this doesn't go to Jane Campion or Steven Spielberg.
1: Yeah, I just I, don't. I I think it's gonna be I think it's gonna be the year of the dog, and Campion's gonna get both both picture and director. Um, I think so too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I like from a pure directing standpoint, *Licorice Pizza* is a gorgeous film but it's not as gorgeous as West Side Story. Like some what what Spielberg is doing in West Side Story is astonishing. Um directing around the dancing and the and the choreography um and still hitting the emotional moments while it being his first. Like all his movies have had a sort of, you know, choreograph like choreography and rhythm to them, but this is just, you know, obviously it's a musical and it <laughs> it is amazing. Um this is this is jumping down more to cinematography, but I was gonna
0: say I sort of hate that you brought up that and licorice pizza at the same time because West Side Story, like I I didn't li- I didn't love it, but I could watch it and recognize like this is a well constructed film and I don't feel that way about licorice pizza. I,
1: I guess I'm thinking strongly um, on the visuals, like the, the lic- uh, licorice pizza has it, it is a masterful use and placement of camera. Uh, and and things like that. Um, sure. Which, like like looking at it purely from a directing standpoint. Um, again,
0: if you say so, I did not find it to be like <laughs> visually engaging. I didn't okay. like, no, I'm, I'm sorry yeah. Um, but then you have something like West Side Story where you have to like the the way that the camera is integrated in the dance sequences and the fighting. and like, it's, In many, many times in film musicals, they have to get creative with the camera because their leads don't always know how to dance. Mm -hmm. And that is not true for West Side Story. Like, I did not care for the dancing. I thought it felt kind of dated. But you cannot deny that Steven Spielberg demanded that his dance sequences be filmed in full in a really dynamic and interesting yes, way.
1: Yes. Like, Spielberg learned the uh what, what what Tom Hooper continues to not learn, which is that if you don't cut during the dance sequences, it looks great because you can tell everyone is dancing. Whereas if yes. you cut every two seconds, then you have no idea what's happening in your dance number. Uh right. <laughs> <laughs> uh I, I will also say, and, and this is verging a little bit more on cinematography, which uh, we'll get to, but um, West Side Story has so much what I'm calling diegetic light. There are, like, the the light that, like, makes the cool shadows as, like, we're walking up to do the fight scene is then later in the scene. Like, you can see it. It's just, it's it's a big spotlight over there that's shining down on this salt pile. Like, it is not, you know, it, he does such a good job interfacing the things that are creating beautiful visuals with things that are just present in the lived landscape. Uh, and I, I think that's, that's amazing. And I love it.
2: I agree. All right. Um,
0: so moving right along, actor in a leading role, we kind of touched on this a little bit. Um, I think the, I think we're looking at a Will Smith win here. Um, of the ones I watched I think my pick would be Benedict Cumberbatch but I'm not going to be mad
1: about Will Smith I, I think I'll I'll take the opposite tack here which is I think Cumberbatch is going to win it but uh, I won't be mad about Smith or Denzel uh, and, and I'm sure Andrew Garfield is fine in Tick-Tick-Boom I just don't think there's any chance in the world he's going to win I also yeah I,
2: I should watch I would
0: like to watch Tick-Tick-Boom at some point I just haven't gotten around to it yet yeah Um. yeah um and now i would like to talk about a what i think will be a more interesting race which is the actress in a lead cat actress in a lead category Mm
2: -hmm.
0: leading role so i did not see any of these movies much to my shame and chagrin like many of these um spencer has been on my to watch list for a long time um I just haven't had an opportunity yet. I
1: don't Um, care about Princess Diana, so Spencer hasn't been on my watch list. Uh, I don't care about Princess
0: Diana either. I care very deeply about the choice of Kristen Stewart to play Mm. Princess Diana. Mm. Like, Mm -hmm. that is an interesting choice to me. Um, I... Would really like to see Parallel Mothers. I would really like to see The Lost Daughter. I don't really care about the eyes of Tammy Faye, although I think at this point, Jessica Chastain is going to win this award.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I wonder, like, so many of these, and then, like, I d- don't understand why Being the Ricardos is getting any Oscar love, but it is, so there's Nicole Kidman uh, wrapping it up. It's wild to me that I have not heard of, like, any of these movies. Not only have I not seen them, but I... I have not heard of The Lost Daughter. I have not heard of Parallel Mothers. Parallel
2: um, uh, well, Mothers oh, is the Parallel newest Mothers is a, Almod-
1: Almodovar movie. Yeah, I'm just seeing that now, and I'm like, I didn't I didn't know that. Okay, this is wild. Um, also, thank you for saying his last name, because I've never been able to say his name properly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so like, I, I wonder if Chastain is, is, is going to be a lock simply because The Eyes of Tammy Faye are, is the one that is getting a little more like you know buzz and awareness in general uh
2: yeah i think i think penelope cruz could be a um an upset win um olivia coleman i think has just
0: she's she is kind of becoming Meryl Streep in I, that if she is in something, she gets nominated, which is understandable because she's
1: incredible. Yeah, this is the honorary, um, I, you You were in the movie award.
0: There might be a little bit of fatigue around her. And I do say that not having seen The Lost Daughter. Mm-hmm. So um, I do just want to mention briefly that part of the reason I have not seen any of these movies is because none of them got nominated for Best Picture. Mm -hmm. uh because the academy is way more likely to nominate actor driven movies than they are to nominate actress driven movies yes interesting
1: isn't it (laughs)
0: Uh, yes it doesn't always happen i mean the favorite was a best picture nominee that olivia coleman won for just a couple years ago Mm -hmm. um but it is a general good rule of thumb that female-led movies are the ones that get attention yes so moving right along to actor in a supporting role. So this is we have two power the dog nominees in here, but I truly I think Troy Kotzer from Coda was a front runner early on and has never really fallen
1: off. Hmm.
0: I I would be a little shocked if he did not get it.
1: I think Cody Smith McPhee is the other person in this category who might who might uh dethrone him. Um Obviously haven't seen Coda, but but Smith McPhee was just incredible in power of the dog.
2: So
0: here's the thing, and I don't say any of this to be like derogatory or condescending. Yeah. The Oscars are just as much of a political race as they are a performance yep. race. Yep. And unfortunately, Cody Smith McPhee has not no one's really talking about his performance.
2: Hmm. Like I I agree. I think he's great. But in terms of like,
1: they're, like the they're, campaigning for right, they're it, they're not campaigning for best supporting actor. They're a little more worried with uh you know, picture director Cumberbatch. Um, oh, well, oh, and
0: just like <coughs> he hasn't he hasn't picked up any of the
1: um like lead up awards. <laughs> it's just This is also a case where he's up against his co-star, Jesse Plemons, so there might be a, you know, power of the dog ballot splitting here.
2: Yeah, I always, um, it always worries me when two actors from the same movie get nominated in the same category. Yeah. Because it usually means that the vote is getting split. Yeah, exactly.
1: Um, I I will say I haven't seen Belfast. I love Kieran Hines. I'm excited that he got nominated (laughs) even though he's not going to win.
2: I he has like nothing to do in that movie though.
1: Yeah. Again again, again, I'm (laughs) I'm excited that he's nominated because I like him as an actor.
2: Uh, Yeah pretty much. Yeah
1: yeah
0: um actress in a supporting role this is another one that i i think that there's no there's no contest it is going to be ariana DeBose
1: from west side story okay uh i have not seen like uh, Pearson dunce is the only other one of these performances i've seen so i can't weigh in uh i think it would be amazing if it was ariana DeBose. um how is Anjanu Ellis? I've heard good things about her performance.
0: She's great. So okay. she plays Richard's wife, and she is, she is in many ways the kind of emotional core of this movie because she is the one that has to deal with the reality of what is happening rather than just, mm. like, Richard's... <laughs> we're,
2: um, we're not delusions of grandeur.
0: No, not even... Like, t- talking about the the characters, not the actors. like. Right. Like Richard has these wild aspirations and she has to be the one that like deals with the disappointment. Like there's, there's a moment where um Richard finally gets Venus and Serena in front of their first tennis coach who trains McEnroe and like he watches the girls play. And then he says that he will train one of them for free. Mm. And Richard has his wife tell Serena that she's not going to be able to train with this tennis coach. So like oh, she whoa. she is the one yeah, she's the one that has to kind of be the re, the grounding and the reality for these girls while their dad is like spinning these wild plans and aspirations and she, she's she's wonderful. She really um you buy both that she loves this man and also that she's tired of having to
2: deal with everything that comes from being married to Richard Williams. Right. Right.
1: But you, you're, you're you're still thinking it's going to be Ariana DeBose.
2: Yeah. Again, she's the one like, she's the,
0: she's the one that's getting all the press. Um, She, I, yeah, I would be, I would be surprised if it was not her. Sure. I also think that she's one of the best parts of that movie. So, again, (laughs) I wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't hurt my feelings. Right. A happy win.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so there were some technical awards that you wanted to talk about.
1: Yeah, I always want to talk about cinematography. Um, this is a tough one because, uh, I haven't seen Nightmare Alley, but I have seen all the others. Uh... Power of the Dog is absolutely beautiful, and it's a female director of photography, which is very unusual, um, so we always want to sort of give, give the shout-out in that direction. Um, Tragedy of Macbeth, again, a beautiful film, very stylish, very stylized, uh, entirely black and white, so you're doing some fun cinematography there. But I think, I, I, I hope that this category is really going to come down to Yanish for West Side Story and Greg Fraser for Dune. Um Fraser's a guy that I've never heard of before. Uh he did Rogue One. Um we did Zero Dark 30, he did Rogue One, but recently he did both Dune and the Batman. And those are two of the best looking movies I've seen in quite some time. Uh for sort of that maximalist uh visual uh language. Um and I I I think it's going to go to Yanish. I think he's going to get his... Th- I think it's his third uh, cinematography win for this. But I would not be mad if... If Fraser won, I would not be ra- mad if anyone in this category won. Other than Nightmare Alley, and that's just because I haven't seen it. Um, but based on the trailer, it didn't, it didn't hit me as much as the other th- four.
2: Nightmare Alley
0: would be my pick. Not just because I truly loved that movie, but also because... Um... They lit it intentionally so that when they put out the black and white cut of this print, the lighting and values and everything would already be what they needed to be to look like a classic film noir movie. So, like, it is staged and shot and lit just like a 1940s noir
2: film. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. I am dying to see the black and white print of this
1: movie. Is that a thing that Um, they've already, like, announced, or is that you, like, fans speculating? No, it played in theaters for like a oh. month. Oh, cool. See, th- this is like, I know Nightmare Alley is a big movie with a director that I love and, an, and a cast I love, and I didn't know that they did a black and white version of it in theaters. Like,
0: Yeah, they did not release it as a special feature on the DVD, which upsets me. But if right. I have to buy this movie twice, I guess
2: I will. <laughs> um,
0: I don't know. I I haven't seen Tragedy of Macbeth, but I don't think any of these... I don't think any of these wins would upset me. They're all beautiful movies.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh I I having just seen both Dune and West Side story, uh Dune again, I was like, yeah, I would I would love for either of these two to win and I, I think either of them should. Uh and, and that's, you know, again, the power of the dog, best hand photography I've seen. The way the way they shoot, you know, just nature. Um Yeah. Good bunch of good looking movies. Uh, there's there's a funny story about uh Janish with West Side Story which is that he keep like he he loves the way light reflects off water. Uh, so he was like hosing down the sets so there'd be like standing pools of water and uh d- basically the producers were like you have to stop doing this because the actors could slip and fall while dancing. So like I know it looks cool but we have to think about the safety of the actors.
0: That is hilarious, but also I think it looks really cool when people dance through standing water and it kind of splashes up at their
2: feet. It does look cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anything else you want to touch on? Anything else that you're attached to? Uh,
1: You want to talk best animated? yes i do actually (laughs) saving you from yourself
0: (laughs) so i this is going to be a situation in which disney wins this award however for the first time in several years i'm not going to be mad about it i loved encanto i thought it was gorgeous um I thought Ryan the Last Dragon was pretty uninspired. The Mitchells vs the Machines is an incredible movie and that would be sort of my my second pick. I, um, I,
1: I I really liked Encanto. I loved The Mitchells and the Machines and I I don't think it's going to win cuz it's not one of the three Disney options. Uh, but I it's my pick. Uh, it's it's what I want to win.
0: <laughs> yes. Like I said, would not be mad about it. Luca I thought was only okay. Like I thought it was a very sweet story. Um, But I watched that and Encanto on the same day, and it was sort of like, oh no, these are not in the same league.
1: Mm, Like Encanto just blows Luca out of the water, pun intended.
0: It really does. Mm -hmm. Um, I have not seen Flea. I am very interested in the idea of an animated movie also being in the best documentary category.
1: Yes, and Um, I'm interested in the fact that one of the animated movies is not a children's movie. No like yes. no no shade on children's movie but it is wild to be like Encanto, Luca, Mitchell's Raya, Flea.
0: Well, and just in general, I think the Academy is very bad at reward at um bringing to attention animated movies that are not from a US studio, mm-hmm. that are not directed at children, that are doing something a little outside of the ordinary. And so, yeah, Flea is just a really interesting inclusion in this category. It's, um and i don't i don't think it's gonna win but
1: right. yeah. and as you said it's in both best documentary and best international feature film so it's 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 wild how it's popping up sort of in all these different places uh, and hopefully that brings more attention to it
0: yeah i would this is another one that i haven't seen yet i would really like to i just haven't had a chance
1: yet mm-hmm. yeah um i think it's on hulu i think it's streaming on hulu right now it's definitely on one of the streaming services uh yes hulu is the answer
2: great so let's watch that this this
1: weekend (laughs) when we're not watching the oscars right um well yeah any other categories that that sort of did it for me
0: um i want to talk about film editing real quick just because i think the choices are
1: why would we talk about film editing the Oscars oscars don't want to talk about film editing
0: well, oh, my God, <laughs> Peter.
1: We don't talk Stop about editing.
0: Stop me if you heard this one before. I get so mad every time the Academy is like, let's trim down the ceremony. Let's make it pop more let's try to draw in younger audiences let's if put our best actor wanna... as the
1: last thing because obviously uh chadwick boseman is going to win oh my god
0: <laughs> yes let us edit let us edit this show entirely around the idea that chadwick boseman is going to win a posthumous best actor and award then it's go to and anthony then hopkins. give it to anthony hopkins who they wouldn't even let attend yeah yeah virtually sorry i should finish that thought would not let attend virtually wild but anyway if someone doesn't want to be watching the oscars you're never going to get them to watch the oscars stop trying to cater to people who don't want to watch the oscars yeah cater i i truly think that their numbers would go up if they would just lean into people like me who are like make it six hours long like dedicate you know truly make it is the celebration of film that it's supposed to be and you will get all of the film fans it will come off as a more honest show it'll come off as a more heartfelt show it like and, get and rid of the skits cut the bits
1: yeah cut the bits cut the skits we I don't mean, need any of that nonsense
0: i don't even think they need a host like the the couple years that they went hostless and just had like really interesting presenters do a slightly more expanded role i thought that worked really well yeah um yeah like cut your montages you maybe don't need 17 montages about how much we all love movies and that is coming from someone who loves a montage (laughs) right
1: like keep keep the in memoriam get rid of maybe the rest uh or maybe like you know for COVID have like a you know montage for like the, the safety heroes on set or whatever you know that's fine
0: keep yeah keep the in memoriam obviously and then maybe do like one or two. They used to do this really cool thing with this screenplay awards where they would show you a scene from the movie alongside the pages of the screenplay. Mm. So you could see like how the text of the screenplay actually translated into the movie. Stuff like that. Spend time on stuff like that so we can like do what appreciate. we're here to do, which is truly appreciate the craft and passion that goes into making these
2: movies. Yes, yes.
0: That is my soapbox. <laughs> I'm quite sure I've gone off on this probably last year before probably. the lead up to the Oscars.
1: <laughs> I, I think last um, episode, uh, which was shortly after they announced that they were <laughs> uh, kicking film editing to the uh, the the kids' table. Um, yes, my my response. I hate is, it. I I think the editors of the Oscar ceremony should just do a horrible job editing it and then look at ABC and be like, oh. yeah anyway
0: the editing the editing category is bananas i don't understand why don't look up is included i don't think dune should win this award because dune is not edited very well the pacing on dune is so weird um i would give this to power the dog for the way that the movie is cut to like continuously ratchet up tension until you're like chewing your own fingers off (laughs) um i haven't or, seen or, or merely room.
1: merely soaking your hands in some some water to, to soften up that rawhide yeah yes exactly
0: <laughs> but yeah i would give this one power of the dog um without having seen tick tick room
1: mm-hmm, yeah um dune i i thought did have some some i i can't tell if it's editing or just like the the i guess that is the pacing but it's the framing i don't know or the editing does a good job at showing the enormous sense of scale of everything. Um, but a lot of that is like it's editing plus framing, plus storyboarding, so yeah, I I don't I don't really know why Dune is in editing because I wasn't blown away by the, the editing choices in it. I they didn't upset me, but they didn't wow me. Um and yeah, I don't know why I don't look up as in I, here either. I don't I don't know why I don't look up as in like best original screenplay like
0: I don't yeah, I don't know why it's anywhere.
1: Anything, yeah. Um
0: I did think like there are moments in Dune where like this yeah, like you said, the scale of what's happening is really well communicated. Um but then I don't always think that they make the best like it's a really long movie and I don't always feel that they make the best use of that time. Mm. Um just in terms of like what action happens when Um, it did feel like they decided on the endpoint and they decided on a length and then sort of squeezed in like squeezed and stretched the material to fit those two things. Sure. Sure.
1: Uh, Which is Um, entirely possible because runtime is often dictated by studio. Uh, And you know, then the story decision is where do we end it? Cool. These are our two parameters. Go from there. (laughs)
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um there are a lot of
0: awards. I don't have a whole lot of strong feelings about the rest of them. Um I have, I have no, no I- idea what to expect. Yeah. At this coming ceremony. Like yeah. just in terms of who's gonna be there, what it's gonna look like. Um I think it's interesting that you have to be vaccinated to attend, but you don't have to be vaccinated to present.
1: Yep. So kind of weird
0: taking, taking uh, predictions now on which of their presenters they wanted is a secret anti-vaxxer.
1: Right. Yeah, Cause that's who, what that says. Yeah. Me, so, like somebody, threw, they wanted, somebody threw a fit.
0: Yeah. They wanted someone to present and they refused to get vaccinated and they decided that having them at the ceremony was a, more important than having them vaccinated
2: yeah yeah uh
0: rachel ziegler from west side story did go from not being invited to the ceremony to being asked to be a presenter so i I... someone's reading (laughs) someone's reading
1: twitter i was i was just gonna bring up like i know rachel ziegler isn't even invited which is insane uh but i guess she's She'll be yeah, there. she has
0: since been. She has since been
1: asked to present, and so did I. Hear that Spielberg said he wouldn't attend, or am I spreading false rumors?
0: I don't remember. I know that there were quite a few people who were threatening to not attend if the if those that slew of technical awards, um, did not
1: was relegated to the kids it, table.
0: Yeah, I don't actually know what the fallout of that was. I haven't seen anything that walked that back Mm
1: -hmm.
0: so i i honestly i don't remember what the fallout from that ended up being
1: okay well we'll have to see and and this is a year where there is no there is no host right it's it's one of those host list years
0: nope there are three hosts they are so i i care a lot about Um... like
1: the The hardware and the horse race but then i actually don't care about the ceremony as a ceremony so you you are much yeah. more dialed in on that angle than i am
0: uh regina hall amy schumer and wanda sykes will be hosting
1: huh that'd probably be fun hopefully <laughs> I, amy I am... schumer amy schumer is a weird selection yeah especially since she's not really a movie person like she she has movies and stuff, but
2: she's, you know. I feel like she's Well, and I <clears throat> Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I've heard that she's not a great person.
1: Hmm. I think they should
0: have the Muppets do it.
1: I think they should have the Muppets do it every year from now on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that would be amazing. ABC owns Oh my god. A B C owns the Muppets, right? Uh abc is owned by disney so yes um have have the muppets host yeah no that this would be amazing i would like to sign <laughs> your petition uh yeah because you could have sadler and waldorf heckling after every every win it would be the best dune more like done <laughs> <laughs> that was not good but what i had off the top of my head
2: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Alright, uh, well anything else you want to uh to talk about for the Oscars before they actually come out?
0: Um No, I think that just about covers it.
1: Cool. I'm I'm done too.
0: Um, well, thank you all for listening to us. I feel like I was supposed to host this episode, but Pete ended up steering the ship, for which I'm very grateful. I mean, you you
1: did most (laughs) of the hosting. I just just did the rundown of the best pictures.
0: Um, But yes, I'm very much looking forward to the ceremony on Sunday. Uh, Pete, why don't you tell our listeners what our next episode is going to be about?
1: So our next episode is sort of optimistic sci-fi. So, so often looks of the future are deeply pessimistic, and I will say that both of our works have a... have disaster as, you know, their, their element, so it's not all sunshine and roses, uh, but we're looking at at disasters and, and the future where things are bad, but they're not impossibly bleak. We're not in a dystopian future, but we're not in a utopian future either. We're... we're, we're optimistically grappling with uh, the future as it lays ahead. Uh, I am assigning the Kim Stanley Robinson book, Ministry for the Future. Uh, this is Kim Stanley Robinson's most recent book, uh, and it is, uh, Martha, cover your ears. It is Cli-Fi, or Climate Sci-Fi. Um. I hate it. uh Uh-huh. Uh, uh, and you can, you can either read it as a book or listen to it as audiobook. Uh, I would recommend the audiobook. It is a full cast, which is always fun. Um, Martha, what are you assigning?
0: I'm assigning the Guillermo del Toro masterpiece of cinema,
1: Pacific Rim. Yes, I've been holding <laughs> off on rewatching Pacific Rim because this is the homework for this upcoming week. Like for a month now, it's like, ooh, Pacific Rim. Nope, nope. I need to watch it in a month, <laughs> or I get to. I get to watch it in a month.
0: I was gonna say I
1: just sort of watch it whenever I feel like it. So. I don't I <laughs> have it in me to watch it twice in a month. That's that's too much for me. <laughs> we uh, but but you know we we both love this movie so it's going to be great yes uh pete where can people find you outside of the podcast you can find me on twitter at pico 3000 that's p-i-k-o 3000 where i'm talking politics and pop culture uh and probably going to be talking the oscars uh on sunday <laughs> should probably figure out how yeah, i'm watching you... the oscars you know yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, you can find me at all the places at Magical Martha. Uh, you can listen to the other podcasts that I release on the same feed with Pete's wife, Maren, called Love Ya, where we watch an adult rom-com or teen movie and dissect it in detail. Uh, you can currently watch me on the Limited Run S-O-O-L Media uh, YouTube channel um, where Dan Carlin and I uh, pick apart each of the Best Picture nominees. So for more of my thoughts on those uh go check those out he's releasing two episodes a day um in the lead up all the way to best picture or in the lead up all the way to the awards on sunday
1: Mm -hmm. so is is saturday Um, saturday is the last two drops or sunday is the last drops
0: i believe saturday and then we'll be doing a post show analysis episode nice um sometime next week
1: cool very cool
0: um, and sometimes I write a newsletter at tinyletter.com backslash Magical Martha, although I'll be honest with y'all, I have not had it in me to write anything for that since January. So,
2: Makes sense. you know, You've go been read busy. my
0: packages.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is going to do it for us today. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you again in a couple of weeks. And until then, enjoy doing your homework. Class dismissed.